How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Two favorite pastimes: the Denver Broncos and beer. I am JT Matthews. You can find me at JT Matthews one on Twitter, and I'm here with the Doctor Nicholas Manning at dr underscore in Manning on Twitter, and I am also here with John Cronenberg, super producer, editor, and all of the uh, wonderful adjectives that I think of on a daily day daily basis to introduce him with. Uh, is here. That's at John K NFL J O N K Y N F L on Twitter. How are we doing, boys? John, how you feeling on this fine Wednesday afternoon? I'm feeling good. I fe- feel like uh, just everything's going well for for the Broncos, which is always pleasant. And uh, yeah. and we have the Super Bowl coming up, and uh, that that's a good a good weekend always when the Super Bowl is coming up soon. So yeah. Uh, I've been pretty good. How about how about yourself? Uh, I'm all right. I'm doing okay. I'm uh, praying the Chiefs lose just because, you know, I, I, I like Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but I can't root for him to win. And so I got to root against him because they're the Chiefs. But uh, that's my Super Bowl take. I'm pretty sure probably most Broncos fans Super Bowl take as well. Yeah. I, I For for me, at least, uh, I'm kind of into – I don't really care kind of mode. You yeah. know, once once the season's over, whoever's there's gonna be a, a happy city, let that city be happy. And then um, but I do I do have to agree, you know, these aren't the greatest fan bases to to root for. At least, you know, you can root for, for the players, but yeah. uh some of the fan bases are, are hard. Philadelphia, you know, we saw them <laughs> pelting uh, you know, Bills fans when they had snow. So it's it's pretty yeah, crazy yeah. that way. They're throwing snowballs at Santa back in the day. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Yeah. Doc, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I uh, I also am rooting strongly for the E A G L E S Eagles. Is that the how? Is that their? Yeah, that's their thing. They just spell it out. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Fly Eagles, fly or something. Yeah, probably. I'm not getting that far into it. Like, let's not. Let's slow it down a little slow it down a little i also like patrick mahomes i think that dude is a baller for sure i don't mind andy reed but they play in kansas city so yeah and i hit travis kelsey if i'm being real so i yeah, love travis. jason kelsey love jason kelsey come to them he, jason kelsey yes yes <laughs> yeah if travis well if travis kelsey were a bronco though like yeah, you know, I mean, care, right? I don't know. I, I, those oh, personalities stop. that are Guys, really stop, up stop. there. If you had a, <laughs> if you had a Hall of Famer, like Shannon Sharp was that dude, and he, he was, was annoying a lot of the time, though. Right? He's not my favorite Bronco, that's for sure. 
Yeah. No, it doesn't have to I be a player, like Bronco. Shit. But I'll were you like, him. yeah, like eat it, other team? Like Travis, <laughs> when you know, yeah. when Shannon Sharp's like calling the National Guard in front of the Patriots fan, like I was digging that. Yeah. <laughs> but if that were the other way around, that was Ben Coates. Ben Coates was doing right, that. Right. that game, I'd have been a little mad. I'd have been like, Ben Coates, you just stop it. I used to hate Ben Coates just because everyone was like, he's the best tight end in football. And I was like, no, he's not. He's no. terrible, which is not true. Ben Coates was fantastic. Very good. But I was like, no, Shannon Sharp. I must That's also for my still not true, though. Like, he definitely well, I mean, it wasn't true, but I that in that time, because he was catching, because he could do it all, because he wore bigger shoulder pads. That's the only reason why people care. About <laughs> 100%. 100%. Same. So, Travis Kelsey with the small hands, like, he, <laughs> he's a really good player, and he is a pain. But sometimes when you earn it, like you can be it. a pain. So That's true. You don't like I mean, it, stop him. I was talking to some Eagles fans earlier today. They said, is it as easy as, like, we just have to double Kelsey? I said, yes. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, like, as far as offense goes. I like Sky more. I like I like some of their receivers, but if stop Kelsey, you stop. Yeah, you stop if, if Juju goes off for 200 <laughs> touchdowns, like, you just tip it. You say, Andy Reid, you're the man. Patrick Mahomes, way to go. But if I swear, if Travis Kelsey gets 11 grabs for 110 yards and two touchdowns, like they deserve to lose. So it's true. And it's true. I hate it, but it's true. Um, any uh, Super Bowl plans for either of you? No, just watching with the family. That's that's how I like it. Just watching with the family. Uh, who who's the halftime show again? I forgot. Rihanna. Riri. Okay. I can I like take Rihanna. a break. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. It's always fun to see what happens. Even if it's not a, a songwriter or entertainer you don't like, it, it's still cool to see the performances because there's yeah. nothing like it. Yeah, I mean, it's a... I, I will probably take a break. I like Riri. Yeah. Um, yeah. The good I mean, news is always recorded. You'll see the clips at Pond Lake. Uh, so if it's really, really good, you can always watch it again. Last year, I was like into it. I had to watch it. Yeah. Last year was different. They brought it back to kind of like the old ways where you had multiple artists and they kind of connected well. And uh, yeah, that was fun. That one was fun. It was like the Justin Timberlake and uh, who did he have uh, the incident with again? Janet Jackson. Oh, yeah. Jackson. Janet Jackson. (laughs) It wasn't an incident, it was a wardrobe malfunction. Oh, yes. 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 It happens. (laughs) It does. You ever, does. you ever forget to pull up your zipper? You think you do, and it doesn't. You don't like get all the way there, and it like comes in. It's like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but pops open. Happens to the best of us. I mean, you got to be held accountable, so you can't. You, know, you can't be walking around like that. But. <clears throat> but also, it happens. It does happen. It was tasteful well, too. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it <was> tasteful. <laughs> uh, well, let's jump into some Broncos talk. I want to start just, we didn't get John's reaction to the Sean Payton hiring officially. Uh, the doc and I talked about it last step, but I want to get John's reaction to the actual hiring, the compensation, uh, whether you feel like it's a good a good move, a bad move, or somewhere in between. I think it was the only move to make at, by the time it, it they did the hire. Uh, it yeah. was clear that the other candidates were were out on on the Broncos or the Broncos were out on them. 
So it felt like kind of the only option left uh, that, you know, they spoke with Harbaugh again before trying to convince him it didn't work. Uh, so it just seems like they went through everything they could to get this going. And uh, this was, I feel like who they wanted all along. Um, and when it comes to the compensation, I think it, you know, I agree with it. it it's kind of what it should be. That's, you know, we've seen that in the past with uh, Gruden, you know, he got it a lot uh, when yeah. he was traded from uh, the Raiders to Tampa. So, you know, I, I felt like it was a reasonable trade. It just makes it a little less fun for the draft when we're going over it. But I for mean, sure. hey, that means we have time to do more deep dives into players that are not going to be seen as much, you know, not going to be on ESPN yeah. for or, or even NFL Network for like, you know, 10 minutes. These are the guys that get maybe 30 seconds at best. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm excited about the hire no matter what, though. I think it's the right choice. I, I liked what was said, um, and I, I just feel like this is going to go in the right direction, you know, right the ship, and and now we can see what happens with Wilson on a a, a better – with a better kind of uh, litmus test. Yeah. I think, like, the compensation feels good. I mean, I won't say good. It's never good. It never feels good to give up a first-round draft pick. Um, but I think for what you're getting – and I don't know if we touched as much about this on the last doc, but we can chime in if you want, but like essentially you gave up Bradley Chubb in a second rounder, future second rounder for a coach that has a track record. And that that's uh, well-regarded in the league and, and has some of the mo- most tenure in the league. Um, and it feels like a fair trade. I, I don't know that like in a lot of situations you would necessarily feel that way trading for a coach. Uh, but I guess the the co- trades that are made for coaches are usually guys that are high profile guys. Um, you know, I, I you think of draft picks being there to improve your team and your roster and your overall talent, but to procure a coach is also helping with those things. You may not be getting a personnel like personnel per se uh, that plays on the field, but you're getting someone that's going to come in and impact the team, hopefully in a larger way. Um, I felt like it was fair. I felt like it wasn't fair in the long run. But, yeah, I think us us draft heads, which we all are to an extent, uh, it hurts a little bit to not have that first-round pick to be excited about. It, it will still be a fun first day, though. I think you oh, know, yeah. it, we're just – at the end of the day, I think everyone who's listening as well is you know feels the same way. I, I, I watch day one because I, I, I love it. You know, that's – those are yeah, my three sure. days. You know, it's blocked out. Yep. Part of being a, a draft guy is like just seeing where these guys go. Like you hope that your guys go to your team, but like it's fun to see where everyone lands at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. See what the Raiders yeah. do wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No Death fail. taxes, Raiders Raidering. Uh, I, you know, after just kind of sitting on it a little bit, I think I've gotten more comfortable with the draft compensation. And I, and Sean Payton had said something that I had said before was right. He, he had to have some hand in, in the negotiation. Right. right? Like essentially, again, if you give up too much, I don't want to come there. Like, yeah. I don't want to saddle myself. So he must feel pretty good about the roster. Um, and, and kind of like what, what's on it next year, what they can do, but, even probably the year after and year after, right? Like the long-term prognosis. 
Broncos get all their picks back the following year. Um, so they did trade a second, but they got back a third. So in the end, that's a, you know, it's a, I think it's a what, equivalent of like a seventh round pick. So, you know, where you're at, a lot of bad contracts probably fall off. Um, ton of money in 2023, uh, 2024. You can get out from Russ if, if that isn't working. If it is working, you're ahead of the financial curve. And so I, I think that there's just some there's some good stuff there. And so it makes me feel better knowing Sean Payton's not dumb, right? We I had said this on the last pod that he is he's the biggest coaching free agent, right? To switch. Now probably since like Gruden came back, right? Just name wise. Those coaches don't, you know, Dungey, uh, when Dungey moved. Um Bruce Arians probably again yeah. when, when Bruce came back in. Those coaches, especially ones that won Super Bowls, don't they don't switch teams very often. He was yeah. 16 years in there, and he would have been still coaching if he had chose to stay there. So um I think that there's just a lot of really good stuff in that. It does stink for us who are gonna try and enjoy that, but I think there's probably a plan in there. Um and he feels like you know this roster is maybe better in a better place than than we thought. So that was one thing I took from the presser that he said. You know that uh, that he was comfortable with what was going back, which to me is a really good sign. So, uh, so that was one thing that I took from that presser that makes me feel even better now. Yeah, about his presence here in Denver. Yeah, I just want to react to the presser in general. I think that's a good point. Um, it was kind of fun to hear him say, "Yeah, like I'm, I am. If you get rid of certain pieces, I'm going to be less interested in coaching here." You know, that's that was interesting. Like as you know, that stuff goes on, but to hear it confirmed is always kind of fun. Um, I don't know. I, I think it feels like they're, and I said this to John when you stepped away, Doc, but it feels like there's an adult in the building again, like Nathaniel Hackett, you know, good luck to him. I, I really hope he's successful in his career. You know, obviously this was uh, a failed experiment Um, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, I think there's a number of them you could go into, but just that, that press conference was refreshing. You know, you got, uh, a guy who can who can be honest and talk coach speak a little bit uh, at the same time. Someone who's going to come in, reassure you that things are going to be okay, and also kind of give you hope for what what's to come. You know, we're not guessing about uh, what's going to happen once he gets in the in the in the door. You know, things are already starting to happen, and they're already starting to work on things. And you're not guessing from a base level what's this offense going to look like. You know, we have an idea of what. Sean Payton does. He's got an idea of what that looks like specific to this roster. Obviously they're going to do continue to assess um, players and personnel, but it's just nice to hear him talk about the details as opposed to the big picture, because the big picture I think is already, it's not in question. You know, we know what the big picture is supposed to look like. Now let's get to a place where we can already start talking about the details. Feels really good. Um, John, you look like you were going to say something, and I well, cut you off. I just agree with you uh, wholeheartedly because you know last year we were talking about NSYNC and you know the kind of things that Hackett was into, yeah. and we were it was really fun. We were really excited to get to, you know getting to know him. It was a gr- it was great. Um, but this going in with Sean Payton, like you said, there's an adult in the room. We didn't have any kind of weird escapades going on explaining his life you know we just we understand he's taking this role 
He's trying yeah. to get a Super Bowl. There isn't, you know, any games or, you know, fun at at at, at this. This is a job. We're not doing Kahoot. Uh, yeah. That's this. You know, Kahoot gets me mad. I know. <laughs> that's the thing that <laughs> uh, for some reason just gets me. Um, so it'll be nice to see again, kind of more of a traditional football approach as well. Uh, we're not talking about a guy who's going to do different things, give everyone days off during uh training camp when they need those reps and they're not ready. I mean, I think that's clear. Yeah. Yeah. I think like stuff like he even made a comment about game management with, I mean, uh, kind of referring to Nathaniel Hackett's regime saying like, we don't, anticipate the crowd having to count down the 30 second clock play clock like yeah you don't worry about that with him coming into like you didn't know that we had to worry about that with Daniel Hackett but you know for a fact with Sean Payton coming in and those are the things that are going to be taken care of like you're not going to have to worry about those sorts of things and that feels nice weirdly you know it's sad we have to say that because we're coming from such a failed experiment but you know it's nice to not have to worry about just the fundamentals being there and in place so that we can focus on being competitive. You know what I mean? Um, Doc, what do you feel about the details? Like he talks a lot about the details and what uh, basically top to bottom, not just on the field, but, uh, you know, in the organization from ticket sales all the way down to, you know, whoever's on the sideline there. Uh, I felt that that was refreshing personally. Um, how'd you feel about those, those comments? I mean, there was uh he did his research on, or maybe that was a part of the interview process. He was fully aware, and maybe it's the broadcasting part, right? Like he's aware of the issues yeah. that were in Denver, and it was somewhat comical to be able to know what those are and address them without being asked. <laughs> uh, I think that that was great. The one thing that I also, the step further that I think is interesting, which it started to get to like dogpiling a little bit on, on my man, Russ is, uh, is the additional coach, you know, someone asked, will the, you know, we have any additional coaching or who's going to be there? Nope. I've never heard of that. Never do it. Um, which, right. Well, you feel, yeah, which like, isn't, which to me isn't like a weird thing. So if he coach tells but, but sorry, if if the head coach tells Russ, like, hey, I don't care if your guy's in here, then then he can get the information and you guys can work on it or whatever. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm, Russ shouldn't have, like, it wasn't like he was on the field out there. Like, he was out at practice. Right. And I'm also very okay with Sean Payton being like, no. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. he can look at film with with Russ like everyone else, you know? Yeah. So, like, it's, like, not even, it's this, like, big push to Russ, I do think that Russ needs some guidelines. I think sometimes he's a victim of his own um, brand or whatever, right? He's just he's probably too big for himself to manage, which is the is the word on the street. I also don't think that he's like some villain that's like he just he wants to railroad all of the stuff. Yeah, like he's Mister Burns in the corner. <laughs> so some of that I think is it just like you said. Uh, not only that there's an adult in the room, but there's a boss, right? There is a yeah. walk in now. It's like, who's in charge? Like that guy, you know, before it was, well, George Payton is for this and, you know, all this stuff, like, you know, you don't know who is supposed to do what uh, there is a buck and it stops at that guy. And so that part is 
is exciting. I think now at least Russ has no excuses to not excel. So that's some of what I got. What I really appreciated was the acknowledgement of we're going to find out what our players do well and we're going to do that. It seems like like we are like, yeah, of course you should. It's not that easy right? because coaches are victims of their own, right? Like I know how to do this thing and this thing works and my ego. And I think you see that with, with Taysom Hill and some of the things that he was open to doing, right? Drew Brees transitioned to Taysom Hill, whether Taysom Hill is going to be good or not. We don't have to do that thing, but they're totally different players, right? totally different. So the fact that he can or wanted to do both or be able to do both to me shows that he's not a, you have to be Drew Brees to be successful in what I do. I'm willing to do whatever it is that you're successful at so that we win. That part was really exciting for me. You know, the, the several comments about just being able to, uh, to, to know what the, the players do, teach what you want them to do. And, um, you know, what, what did he say? He said, uh, you know, I don't sing, but if you're to go to karaoke night, you know, you want to pick a, you want to pick a song, you know, the words to when, when it comes to like, you know, kind of relating that, uh, running plays that you're comfortable with at the quarterback right. position, especially I'm going to have you do stuff you don't want to do, or you don't know how to do. I'm going to have you do things that you're good at. So. That part was super exciting. So I think it's like it's the guy gets it and has a track record. I don't think that people are going to have to buy in. Right. Like you're going to come here and knowing that you're going to get coached by Sean Payton first. Like, eh, I don't know. I don't know what Vic really does. I don't know what Vance Joseph really does. I don't know what Nathaniel Hackett does. Uh, and he's not going to go on vacation with you, which is good. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, he's not going to. It's not going to uh, fawn uh, over your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I think that you can be dope. I think that you can be like, you can care about your people and all that kind of stuff. Don't be a fan, though. Right, right. Um, I, I, the other thing is, like, this is something that Sean Payton's done. He's been part of a winning culture. And so when he talks about the details, it's like he knows that he knows what details need to be focused on. Um, kind of coming back to the D, I'm, I'm very stuck in the details right now, apparently. Um, but just the implementation of what what those details are and, and how to uh, kind of build that culture, I think, is important. I think you have people that think they know what those things are. Um, but when you have someone who's done it at a high level, I think that that's uh, kind of key. Um, yeah, and I, I did like the comments about Russ. He didn't really make any promises about what the offense was going to look like or what, the, what he expect. He said, I don't like uh making predictions but you know the idea being we're we're returning to form as a competitive football team you know will that happen next year i can't say for sure but you know the idea is that we're improving and and building towards being a winning uh team and franchise again uh so it's nice to hear someone say obviously you know that's what most coaches are going to come in the door and say um but again i think it feels more genuine or it felt more uh earnest you know this time around as opposed to just coach speak um and i like i like that he was the the, kind of my last takeaway and we you guys can add on if you want i like that he missed football like he he covered football once a week for what do you say like 12 hours a day and he loved it he said it was great like i i really enjoyed what i was doing i liked being with the guys at Fox and the guy, the the women of Fox, 
and uh, working with them. But I know what it feels like to be on the field, you know, and I know what it feels like on game day to be up in the mix. And I miss that. Um, it was exciting. I, I don't know. It, it, it might be overstated a little bit uh, on my end, but you know, it's nice to know that he's still got that fire. He's not taking the job for money. Um, you know, it's, it seemed like he was genuinely interested in being the Broncos head coach and not really anyone else's, which, which was nice. Yeah, I agree. I think the the big thing was, I felt like he, he really did want Denver. Uh, it felt like that yeah. was his, his choice. If he were to come back, it was going to be for the Broncos or he was going to wait till the next cycle and see what was going to happen. And again, that feels nice to be wanted by a head coach wants the roster wants this team and, and work to work with the brass uh, ahead of him. Um, so I think uh, you're exactly on point. Yeah. I, I, I think that he's excited to be here. Yeah. Whether or not he wanted to the Bronco, like oh, whatever, you know, it's all going to be spin no matter what you do. Was he the first or second? Was the Bronco like, I don't, it seems like he's excited to be here now. Right. Like you said, he loves football. He's a football guy. Uh, he's going to be the guy that's, you know, he's the old school, probably unhealthy coach, right? That's there for right. 16 hours a day, right, you know, right. put beds in there and stuff. He's going to be sleeping there half the time. But there's a commitment level to that, right? Where this isn't just, don't just enjoy this thing. Like, I, I'm here to compete at the highest level. That's what he said. He said, uh, you know, who was it? Wayne Gretzky said, right? The view doesn't yeah, Wayne Gretzky, yeah. on the top. And that's where we plan on going. I I don't think that that's lip service. I think that that's, I expect to win. And there's some ego in that. And I think the Broncos need some ego, right? Like, but earned confidence bordering on arrogance versus, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, who's a nice guy that just said a whole bunch of things and, and didn't have a plan for achieving them. You know, there's a difference between okay. being really smart and then being able to apply that intelligence to get action out of people. And he's a guy that wants to do it and he's not scared of Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. And, you know, I also loved that uh, as we get back to the Super Bowl predictions, he was asked, you know, about the Super Bowl. Yeah. What'd he say? So I'm rooting for the Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no one in our division is allowed to win anything. Good days when everyone loses and the Broncos win. I was like, oh, he already understands it. <laughs> he gets the, yeah. gets the job. Yeah. Nice job. Sure. So, so I, uh, you know, there weren't a lot of detail stuff in there. Some of that I don't know. Um, but he definitely seems like he's he's room to go. And I know that we have to temper expectations. Actually, I don't know that we have to. We probably are all gonna because we got burned. Right. Uh, I don't know, though, right? You take a rebuilding New Orleans team from garbage to the playoffs, NFC Championship game your first year. Yeah. Right, Super Bowl in three years. With a damaged and battered Drew Brees, right? And uh city that's never won anything to, you know, the richest owners in football, you know, tradition, et cetera. Doesn't mean necessarily that there's going to be a playoff berth, but I also don't think that we we shouldn't expect one. We expected one last year. You know, a lot of the key players coming back next year. Why not us? And I think he I think he expects that too. I think he expects to win every week. Yeah, it's 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 a. I think we all feel like there's talent on this roster, you know, and I think that it's been something that 
maybe we've taken a little step back. Maybe some guys have not showed out the way we want them to. But I think overall, you can see the talent on the roster. You just need someone to come in and maximize it. And I'm hoping that's what happens here. But we've got a lot of uh, time before the season begins. We've got a lot of stuff to go over. So we we will obviously be keeping track of all that. Uh, let's take a break and come back on the other side. Uh, I haven't talked to you but I don't have a beer, so we're going to skip beer time today. We're doing a two-segment show, uh, and that's my bad. I've, I'm uh, irresponsible. Oh, you got the accumulation? I want you to try it at least. <laughs> I'm going to drink. I'll drink it. Doc's going to drink it on the other side, and I'm gonna. He's going to have his own solo beer time because I'm a bad, a bad planner. <laughs> um, but stick with us. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back on the other side, segment two, final segment. But we do have a little, uh, a little beer segue. So Doc, Doc brought a beer. He was responsible. He did, he did the right thing. I'm, right. Uh, I'm disappointed in myself for not having a beer ready to go. You know what's sad is if you would have told me, I picked more up yesterday, and so I did got you? this back. That's why I got, and I would have just brought you one, but you didn't say. Anything. But now you need to try this delicious IPA that I got to try the other day when you gave it to me the first time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, again, just to refresh, New Belgium's Accumulation IPA. It's a hazy IPA. And I liked the bottom, right? So instead of it being a seasonal release, it's a skeezonal release. Uh, oh, how did I miss that online? Brewed for peak ski season. <laughs> because you're not a devil in the details like Sean Payton is. You know, from the coasters in the coffee room to yeah, to the towels, the pictures are up. hanging. There's no more basketball hoop in the meeting room, and no more sayings, which is probably good. Yeah, probably not, okay. to marketing professionals who will make T-shirts that we'll buy. So anyway, uh, again, so I'm excited for this IPA, six point five ABV, and uh, some goodness. And I gave it rave reviews on our Dang. last pod. It was. I don't know. I'm like thinking about stocking up before it goes out of skis and hat. I guess that didn't really make sense, but it did. I mean, if it's skis and all, then it'd be skis and all. Skis and got to be real careful, though. That just sounds know? weird. They don't put the t- now that I've said it too many times. <laughs> you put like the t- the in there, then it becomes uh, <laughs> something else. And we don't have that approval for us to change this level. Of it is delicious. You're right. You're right. It is delicious, right? It's good. One. It's good. It's flavorful, but like subtle. Yeah. Yeah. Not it's like stuff. overly hot. That's a problem. That's a problem. <laughs> it's a problem. It's a, that's that kind of that's like a little lighter than the the good behavior one, right? And that one's yeah. like four percent, and this mm. one's six percent. Maybe that's uh super. Probably. Probably well, Super yeah, Bowl yeah. stock up. Yeah, for sure. I think I think we got to do that for sure. Well, let's talk Broncos. Let's talk coaching. Let's move away from head coach though and talk about some uh, potential staff additions for Sean Payton's uh, coaching staff. Obviously, uh, 
you know, Sean Payton's going to be the head coach. Um, offensive coordinator, Justin Outen, likely gone. Uh, I don't think there's anything official yet, but um, former New Orleans, was he an offensive coach? What kind of coach was Curry, Ronald Curry? I, I forgot to. He was the quarterbacks and passing game coordinator. Passing game coordinator, that's right. Passing game coordinator. Uh, has interviewed with the Broncos at that point. Was that today, yesterday? Yeah, I think that that was both him and Desai were yesterday. Sean Desai, yeah, for defensive coordinator as well. So uh, those look to be the leaders in the clubhouse. Any, uh, I'll hit you both. Uh, thoughts on, I'll give Doc Curry, I'll give uh, John Desai. Uh, Doc, how do you feel about bringing in Curry as a possible uh, offensive coordinator? Uh, my assumption is, at least from everything that we have heard, is Joe Lombardi would probably come on as some quarterbacks coach, whatever, right? Which he was on the staff in in New Orleans with Sean Payton. So I think an understanding about how that philosophy will work. You get someone that's that's well-regarded, that was picked by Sean Payton for that staff. Potential up-and-comer, I don't know. I mean, Ronald Curry was a, a, you know, a third receiver in the NFL former North Carolina Tar Heel uh, and Raider, but whatever. You know, yeah. you can't you can't help where you get picked. You know, you're <laughs> just excited to be in the league. That's right. uh, so I, uh, I'm excited about. I, I I do like that in the sense of a guy who's played the game, um, and <clears throat> and can really help orchestrate it from that level too. Right. So he has been an NFL player. I don't know much about him as a coach. But I would assume with the options that could be out there that Sean Payton really likes him. Plus, Sean Payton will be the play caller, especially, I think, to start. Um, so the impact is a little bit less. It's a much better feel than this time last year when we're talking about coaches and uh, offensive coordinators because you know that Sean Payton has a track record of providing a top 10 offense. So I like yeah. that. Um, I, I, I do, I'm going to dip into the offensive line coach sure. real quick. This is Zach Streif, who was a, a longtime offensive lineman for the, for the saints, more of a hustle and bustle guy than a raw talent. I think he was like a fourth round pick or something. I probably should have looked at that first, um, played, I think like a decade. So, uh, was a guy who consistently played interior offensive line. The, the reviews out of new Orleans is they lost a good one. So we were kind of talking about this. And, John, I don't know if he had been on yet, but it's kind of Chris Cooper-ish, right? A guy who who played, was well-liked, up-and-comer, probably moving much faster on the track than most would expect. But uh, that's a guy who Sean Payton seems like feels really comfortable um, with, with his ability to be able to teach the offensive line. You know, And if that's the case, you know, that's potentially a guy that's going to be around for for quite some time. So I like that pairing. There's some youth in there uh, with, uh, with kind of the seasoned um, season grizzleness that Peyton provides. Plus those are two people that understand and know that offense can help teach it in an effective way. Knows what Sean Peyton expects from, uh, from players as you know, having, having their run as uh, NFL players and then obviously as coaches. So right. Um, I like it if he likes it. Essentially, he's got cash yeah. in with me, right? If he didn't cost a first or third round pick, it would have been hands down the easiest selection. 
I think that was the concern for all of us. His right. ability to put together a staff, especially lately, um, because he moved away from familiarity and went to, you know, guys who were producers. So if he selects them, I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. I don't want to shoehorn you into any specific uh, coach talk, John. So if you want to talk about the offense too, I know you, you were, you seemed interested in Shreve uh, coming over and being the offensive line coach. Yeah. I think that it's, it's a great choice. I think like doc said, uh, very similar to Chris Cooper in the sense that the personality, the understanding of the locker room, that's going to be very, um, you know, prevalent for him for strife and uh, really help him connect with his players. And I think that's something that we, we all just want to see um, after, after the last year where it didn't feel like they were a unit. It felt like there were individual pieces kind of being placed along the, the, the line. I think this changes the, the dynamic of the team. Um, and I think everyone's probably pretty excited. I mean, I I can't confirm, but there was a report that said the team jumped for joy when uh, when uh, Butch Berry was fired. So I mean, they definitely want change, and I I think based off their talk, you know, from the years before, they they loved Munch and they loved Chris Cooper. So I think that's very similar. You're getting someone who is uh, responsible and who's going to be like uh, Chris Cooper very much so. And like you said, he's going to be around for for you know a good ten years once he kind of. Uh, proves himself for a year or two and uh, he can last for a long time. Otherwise uh, we were talking about Sean Desai. We're getting into a little bit yeah, as a defensive coordinator. He interviewed yesterday as well. Um, you know, all I can say is, he, you know, he's been a coach, you know, relatively short, you know, compared to some of the guys we're, we're used to. Um, and he, you know, he started in 2006 and right now he's working for the Seahawks, but uh you know, only 39. That that that's where it's crazy to me. You know, when you yeah, see yeah. guys uh how how well they've done so quickly. Um uh, and, and right now he's just an associate defensive head coach, and I think this would uh definitely be a, a good uh hire, especially you know, with the Seahawks last year. Uh they didn't have a great, great team, and yet they were able to be competitive, even though there were some you know tough losses for the Seahawks. Um, so if it's if that's the guy that is wanted with the staff, uh, you know, I think that that can be a, a a good move. Um, but you know, again, he's not someone I'm I'm quite familiar with as yeah. like Vic Fangio, uh, but he is under you know Vic Fangio's tree, if I'm correct. So, uh, it's yeah, just, he, he go is. Ahead. And I, I just I I am a little I'm not concerned because I think at the end of the day, Peyton is going to have he's going to hire the guys that he wants in in trust and bring them in to be successful. However, I do feel like maybe they're getting their their third option for defensive coordinator. You know, they didn't get uh Vic, which we we knew was kind of up in the air. We knew that was wasn't maybe necessarily in the cards. Um and then we heard uh talk about uh Flores potentially coming in and being an option. And he ended up uh, joining the Minnesota Vikings. And I thought that that would be a really great get if you could get him as defensive coordinator. Obviously that didn't happen. And then I don't know where Evero was in the mix. I don't know that he was ever in the mix, but him opting to basically take the same job in, in Carolina. Um, you know, I feel like maybe 
uh, Desai is uh, maybe not the first option, but I don't know. That doesn't make him a good coach, but maybe, I don't know, maybe is a little bit of a concern for me. Just the lack of track record um, overall, though he has some experience in the league, clearly. Um, comes from good coaching stock, but even at, at, in his stint with Chicago as the D.C., you know, they had a six-win team. You know, obviously part of that that falls on the offense as well, so it's not completely a defensive issue. Um, but Doc was going over in the in the pregame some of the the scores, and they, there were some big some big uh, some big blowout losses where the defense didn't hold their own. So, uh, not to say I'm concerned, but probably I'm not as excited about that potential hire as I as I am about some of the other ones. Yep. Uh, I uh, so just some other updates from our friends over at the DNVR. Oh. Um, so there was so G- Josina Anderson had reported um, that there was an offer made to offensive assistant, an assistant to that coach Kevin Petrie, who at least from um, from the uh, from the perspective of the Saints has been a, a pretty helpful up and coming yeah. young staff. And then um, same with uh, Declan Doyle. Declan Doyle is also an offensive assistant. So they, um, Doyle might be the team's tight end coach as Moreland, Jacob Moreland uh, has moved on. Uh, also from the assistant offensive line. So there's some moves there. And then uh, it is expected that Shreef should be in should be the, the offensive line coach or will be the offensive line coach. So yeah. that part I think is, uh, is, is, is pretty solidified. So he is definitely poaching a lot of the new Orleans staff. So anyone essentially that probably can get a promotion. Yeah. So DJ Williams is a offensive assistant, uh, was a, was a grad student or not a grad student, uh, graduated from Grambling state. Um, and so helped on the offensive staff, former college quarterback, so that could be someone too that comes. Um, so it'd just be interesting to see kind of how much move over. Like we said, Chris Richard is probably a name to keep in yeah. mind. Yeah. Uh, assistant secondary coach Corey Robinson, pass rush specialist Brian Young. Um, you know, pretty much anyone without a, you know, because there's not a lot of strong titles, right? Defensive line coach, that kind of stuff. They don't have that. They're pass rush specialist, yeah. senior defensive assistant, linebackers coach. Yeah. Um, they don't have a so with Richard out, they don't have a secondary coach. So unless they promoted Robinson, um, he can be out Sterling Moore, who uh, who used to be an NFL player, I believe, with the Patriots. Um, so just some things to kind of keep in mind. Uh, I don't know how their special teams unit were, but assistant special teams coach Phil Galino Galano. G-A-L-I-A-N-O. Probably could be someone too that could come on. So I I would bet I would bet that there would be an exodus or could be yeah, yeah. Uh, coming this way. So um I'm kind of okay with it though. Like it feels like you want continuity with the coaching staff. You want guys absolutely. that you work well with. Yep. I mean, it feels a little cheap to to feel like you're poaching from from a from your former team. But at the same time, it's a, like you know, I don't know that there's any negative for the Broncos fans to have him bring in guys he's familiar with and knows 
you know, has, has trust with, you know, obviously Peyton's a strong personality. He needs certain personalities uh, to work underneath him as well. And if yep. you already know what a guy brings to the table, then I think that there's nothing but positive uh, outcomes there. Yeah. And I think with, uh, you know, cause Chris Richard is a, is a well-regarded, uh, defensive because he was like co-defensive coordinator or what have you. Mm-hmm. You know, Dennis Allen's going to call the defense the way that they're set up. So, in my opinion, you know, that's not a bad. Uh, Chris Richard is a good secondary coach. I like the the coaching staff the Broncos have on defense, and that they're not going to run schematically the same thing. Also, Chris Richard is a is someone that could take over right if Desai comes over has a right. has a good run. That's someone that can step in also has some familiarity with um, with schematically what Peyton likes to run, but I think he's going to let Desai probably handle what he can handle. And so the question will be, and I've heard some rumors about, um, you know, you bring over a guy like Streif or, or maybe some younger, some younger staff members. There is some word that there might be some consultation positions out there, specifically people that are rooted in Denver, who, uh, who I would assume that to be, um, Mike Munchak potentially, yeah. as a you know as a as a consultant, which he's kind of doing now, and so able to do that from home, help guide a guy like Shreep. I think that that would be a phenomenal opportunity. Uh, so we'll kind of see where that goes, but um, but yeah, some some really good, you know, if you're gonna poach, it's guys that have you know they were. Th- they averaged 12 or 13 wins his last four years there. So obviously a staff that knows what winning looks like and uh, and knows how to echo the message of the head coach. I would like him maybe to bring out some uh, some some external folks. I really like, again, Marcus Dixon. I know uh, Coach Z, Coach Zani, has in the past has done a good job with the receivers. I don't know. You know it's probably time maybe for, for a little bit of change there. That one would be interesting. Um, and kind of what they do in the running back room. Uh, some, yeah. you know, Eric Stewisville is someone that has had connections to both Denver and, uh, and Sean Payton. I would love that. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, he was phenomenal here. Obviously has, you know, some gravitas in the NFL. And I think this, it would be nice for a pendulum swing back that way to guys that know how to get it done versus hopefully they can get it done. <laughs> right. Um, I, I'm rooting for Evero. I think I appreciate the loyalty. I don't know that I would have done that. Uh, I don't know that I wouldn't have, though, right? So if you've only lived in Denver for a year, you can get the same job somewhere else and probably get a pay raise because, you know, if you're if you're going somewhere else, they're going to offer you a little bit more money. They fired your best friend right, whose family gave you the opportunity to coach in the NFL, which is a super hard place to get into. And uh and you know what? They they probably weren't going to hire you as the head coach. So a little bit of like an eh interview. I mean, I don't know. I I would have liked for him to be here. I'm frustrated that he chose to leave. I also understand. Like yeah. we all want friends like that, you know? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. People are faulting him for being a good friend. <laughs> like, geez, especially because he's wanted. It's not like he's like, yeah, well, all right. Well, I'm going to go be the assistant secondary coach. Uh, right. at, at CSU, he's like, I'm a hot commodity. People are lining up. You know, the Vikings kept their. He was a pick before Flores, who I think is a phenomenal defensive coordinator. Um, yeah. So yeah. obviously, he was wanted. You know, his sure. his name was in the running at for for multiple head coaching jobs. So 
he's got that leverage and kudos to the, they did it a little late in my opinion. They should have let him out early. I can see why they hold on. I really do think that they tried to keep him to what yeah. level of degree, you know, after that bridge was burned can be debatable, but, but I definitely, uh, I think he's the bee's knees as the kids would say. So good for him for leaving. Good for the Broncos for letting him go. Uh, and I, I think with an improved offense, a lot of the same players come back on defense. You, it's a little bit of a, just keep the keep the car on the road, man, on defense a little bit. And uh, it will be just fine. Yeah. John, you turned your mute off. I mean, you were going to say something a few times. It's like Nick. Uh, uh, well, it's one, it's one of those things where Doc, when he finishes his sentence, it's like, oh, you got my point there all of a sudden. <laughs> so I don't have anything to say. You, you made sure to finish my point, what I wanted to get into. So, well. Uh, it's let's, a good thing. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about who benefits most from this coaching change. And I think, uh, John, I'll throw it to you first. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, my feeling is that the offense has a lot to gain from from this change. It's probably more so than the defense. But uh, John, who do you feel like gains the most from this coaching change uh, on the roster, at least? Uh, you know, when it. Obviously, the offense as a whole, when you have Sean Payton, that's going to make it make a big difference. But I, I think the big thing is going to be the offensive line. I, and I think it's almost uh, addition by subtraction we're looking at uh, with Butchberry sure. leaving, hopefully getting someone in there that uh, the team can relate to, that they feel they feel confident with, that knows uh, that knows the system well. I think that's all things that the players are looking for. And again, we only have five linemen right now under contract, if I'm if I'm correct. And uh, so they're the linemen that will come here because we need additional ones. Obviously, uh, they're they're going to obviously listen to what the Broncos have to say with him uh, and uh, with Strife, and and I think that he'll kind of naturally uh, fit in, and those players will gravitate to him. Yeah. Yeah, I think the the offense. I, I that's where I want to see the most growth is on that offensive line because I think that that fix fixes a, a lot of our woes. Um, I think the passing game, but, but don't you? But don't you think like just? I mean, Butch Berry was terrible, terrible, sure. terrible coach. Probably not a very good person. Like good <laughs> hey, hey, he he's was gone. vegan. <laughs> Again, it's questionable, right? Like, what is it? I don't even know what that is. It it's like just weird option. when you think of an offensive line coach. You kind of think of, I don't know. Yeah, I hate to say you, this. Like, like a big, a big barely, guy. Yeah, you big dude, guy. Yeah, Sean, yeah. And you're like you're yelling at stuff. Like, yeah, and you're teaching. Sudden, like they love you, right? Like most offensive line coaches will like protect their. It's like the unity the, of that group. It's yes. the one group that's like it's yeah. us, right? More that's than true. anything else, it's like them in the secondary room usually, right? Like those are the if one of us messes up, we're, we're screwed. You know, no other position group really can do that. And so for him, you saw how they played the last two weeks mm-hmm. against two playoff teams, right? With everything to play for, and they they balled out. And and you get Garrett back. You get, you know, Quinn Miners ideally with some professional coaching on the offensive <laughs> side of the ball. Yeah. We'll get who, him back who to Who knows if pushes anything, but I would at least assume like it. The center position isn't as, as important as I think we want it to be. So, you know, an expensive guy that you can bring back. Essentially, they have to really address left tackle and right tackle. And uh, and to me, if they can do that, you know, and, and you got Wattenberg who 
whatever. I mean, but there's still, there's still some young and moldable guys, right? Like Bailey's still young. Casey Tucker, Will Sherman are guys that will still come back. I, if, from what I hear, Cam Fleming will, will likely not cost much. So there's some bones there and, uh, and you know, it's a potential moves that they're going to need to make it free agency. So, and they, they're not losing a ton on defense. So Draymond, Deshaun Williams, Alex Singleton, and Kareem are really the only contributors not under contract. So, you know, or exclusive rights for agents. So there's really not, a, unless they unless they choose to on defense, there isn't a lot, right? So really you can, you know, re, a few restructures, front load, right? Cash over cap. We talked about that the last time. And really make an impact on the offensive line. So I would agree. I think that that is an area that can and will be improved simply yeah. by just a coordinated offensive attack and appropriate teaching to what the group does well. Yeah. You know, how many times yeah. do you see Drew Brees get impaled by uh, by not being able to account for a blitz? Like I, not a, not enough, not a lot. Yeah. Or to Jameis the next year, right? And right. Uh, some Hill, who you know, there weren't a lot of those things. So I'm I'm excited for that group, even if it were like this year's or last year's, this year's, whatever, 2022's version of it. If they would have had that kind of coaching or lack thereof, I don't know. You just remove Butch Berry. Who knows, right? Like, who knows how different this mm-hmm. could have been? Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think the passing game is going to be the biggest, uh, is going to have the biggest benefit. You know, I think we assume uh, Peyton's going to be able to fix, quote-unquote, fix Russ. Um, I don't know that Russ is all that broken. We'll see. I think time will tell for sure. I think that the, he's definitely, I, I would say he's regressed, and I think a lot of us, could acknowledge and say, yeah, Russ has probably regressed a little bit uh, just due to age in general, you know, just the kind of wear and tear that the league puts on your body. However, I still think he's a, a a good quarterback in this league. You know, he didn't show that necessarily this last year. I don't know that he had a ton of opportunity to do so. I don't, um, you know, obviously we saw the, pr- pr- the uh, product that was on the field. Uh, it's got to be better than that. You know, it's got to be better than that. I don't. I don't see that this this group could get any worse. To be honest, uh, especially scoring scoring the football. Um, so I just I anticipate the passing game is going to take a step up, and just just based on you know the offense you saw in in New Orleans, the, the scheme that they run over there, even uh, you know getting getting backs involved in the passing game, which is something that really the Broncos haven't done at all <laughs> for five, the last five years, probably um, finding ways to get guys open that scheming guys open, like docs said before. And I, I still probably say that every podcast now, but um, you know, finding ways to get, to use the middle of the field, you know, that was a huge uh, a area of contention for this team. We weren't having running routes over the middle or, or Russ wasn't able to, to uh, read the middle of the field. And I think that, Obviously, that's going to improve. I think, you know, I think just the level of coaching and the offense that's going to be implemented takes a care takes care of a lot of those. Um, and I'm excited to see that. Yep. Yeah, remembering too that this offense. Sorry, real quick. The the offense itself is a matchup, right? Yeah. First, a progression. Traditional West Coast is one, two, three, right? And you got to read it in this order, and it's all like timing stuff. Verse. You line up, you know where your mismatch is. You know, you know where mismatch one and mismatch two are. And essentially you're you're dissecting it from there. You know, if it's a quick slant from the slot, like Cortland Sun's gonna win that. 
that's yeah, where yeah. the balls going, right? Jerry Judy on the outside, et cetera. So those are some of the exciting things that I think will be different. Again, playing to the shrinks of what your team does well. Sorry, John. All I was going to say is I think that finally, uh, you know, Sutton had a rough year last year. Um, and I, I think we're going to see a nice turnaround for him. I, uh, that's one thing I wanted to say is from receiver standpoint, yeah. obviously with Tim Patrick back. And then I think Sutton is going to have a, a good comeback kind of rebound year, even though there's going to be more wealth to, to spread the ball around with Dulcich having another year and, uh, hopefully being healthy with no no issues, no foot issues or, or hip, I think he had. So I, I think there's a lot of improvement just just as well with uh, getting your, your guys back to where they were and, and maximizing them. Yeah. And let's be honest, this is Jerry Judy to get paid. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, I think that he has the potential to have a career season uh, this year, you know, and I think he's got all the, the impetus to want to make that happen. So I think with the change in the offense, you know, getting getting a good scheme in there and uh, stress on the passing game, I think is all going to bear benefit Jerry Judy, um, maybe more so than anyone else on the offense. Uh, who do you think does this coaching hire detract from anywhere from anywhere on this either offense or defense? Do you think that this uh, new coaching regime anyone's taken a hit? Before we get there, can I offer okay. mine since you skipped me? Okay, sorry. My apologies. The offensive line, passing game. I think the running game will be really good. The running game for New Orleans has been really good. The person that – there's two people I think that will benefit the most from this are Latavius Murray, who will be back, who was mentioned by name on several occasions by Sean Payton in his press conference. Davis Murray is a good player. I bet he comes back. I bet it's a reasonable deal. He's going to come back, try and win a chip. So there's one. Two, Greg Dulcich. If there is a coach who knows how to create matchups for a tight end, a la, we just talked about, um, oh, what is his name? Juwan uh, Johnson, right? Who was a receiver, went to tight end oh, last yeah. year, caught seven <laughs> touchdowns. Jimmy Graham, Jeremy Shockey, et cetera, right? Like yeah. Greg Dulcich kind of fits that mold. So I'm super excited about what that will look like for this offense and this team. So there's that. Who will benefit the, the least? I think it will be um, probably just some outgoing offensive linemen. I don't think Dalton Reisner comes back. I didn't think he was going to come back anyway. Yeah. I don't think he fits the bill. Um, the There's more stout, you know, like, you know, more 320 kind of guys uh, at the guard positions. That really is an area that he has emphasized. Sean Payton has emphasized throughout his time. So I bet Kush is probably a guy that, uh, you know, will have to fight for an opportunity. They're going to bring in, you know, some, some people there, I believe. I think that aspect of the team, anyone that's there now, uh, it doesn't mean that they couldn't be, right? You look at Graham Glasgow, you look at Wattenberg, Bailey, et cetera. But that offensive line will look different than it has in the sense of like what they're running, what they're expected to do. Because it's not just a power zone. It is all of the above. And that's a place that he's invested in. And Sean Payton has invested a ton and draft capital, finance dollars, et cetera, his entire time in New Orleans. Yeah. Whether or not that's this next year or they wait till, you know, they can recoup some picks and go heavy the next year. Um, that group will will start to really take shape. I think that's where we will notice what this team will look like. So I think that they will benefit better, more, I agree, from the coaching. And I don't know 
like they they also benefit the least current players now on whether or not they're even going to be back. Uh, it'll be a tough sledding for that for that group. Uh, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I think. Yeah, any group, John, you think will take a hit with this new coaching regime? You know, n- nothing jumps off to me as someone's going to you know take a hit because of this. Maybe mm-hmm. just um, you know uh, a little bit more solid depth behind uh, your three main receivers, obviously Sutton. Judy and uh, Tim Patrick, you know, have have someone else be there. Maybe um, they're not attached to Washington, obviously. Um, so right. it, it, that will be interesting to see how he plays out for me, at least personally, because I didn't see anything uh, in terms of at least offense uh, offensively to warrant him staying on the roster. Special teams wise, I still didn't see it either. So um want to see what happens to Washington and, and if he's able to make make some leaps yeah i think that's interesting um i'm a little not i wouldn't say concerned about the running game i'm interested to see how it kind of manifests um i think the last you know two or three years with the saints obviously there there was kind of a a lack of qb talent um but you know a, a running back like alvin kamara so good at specific things uh and they've really used kind of a rotation of guys to kind of get everything that they want out of that running game i'm interested to see if it how much it impacts javante williams when when he's healthy um what that looks like you know i just i just i'm hoping that we get the usage out of javante that we wanted kind of at the beginning of this season that we never got um, so I don't know that it's necessarily a bad thing for Javante, but I, I wonder, you know, if it's more, if it's going to be more of a committee, um, deal than it is kind of like you have your work workhorse back and you rotate guys in periodically to kind of give them a break. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a really good one. I don't know when Javante will come back. Right. I, I, I do think, you know, they better slow play that. Um, yeah. yeah. But, you know, a, looking at it right now right so where they the saints in 2020 ranked fifth in rush attempts sixth in yards and first in in rushing touchdowns so they had 2200 or you know a little over 2200 yards for 30 rushing touchdowns um and a lot of that's alvin Kamara. i think that he changed yeah. probably what their plan was for for how they do that right but they had latavius murray then who averaged four and a half a pop you get someone like Taysom Hill who can do a little bit of that. And so maybe they're able to maneuver some of those things, even Ty Montgomery, for goodness sakes, averaged over five yards a pop. So it's it, to me, it's a diverse running game that they can provide or that they can create. And it's nice because it's still a part of the of how it looks right, like how the how the team has functioned. And so uh, they have been committed you know, almost 2,000 yards rushing in 2021, fourth in attempts. So some of that went down, but definitely a commitment to the run game is there. Yeah. So that part to me is is an exciting piece to to what Sean Payton brings. People think of Drew Brees and like, huh? I mean, they were a team that was successful in maintaining and holding onto the ball. So they not a ton of turnovers. So 18 in uh, in 2021, his last season there, which was sixth in the NFL. So 
Uh, I would assume some of those, the play action game will be there, uh, but it definitely will be a, like you said, it will be an interesting way about how that room looks. Um, Chase Edmonds is a guy that I hope would come around. Maybe some of the Alvin Kamara ness, but at six million dollars, almost they're going to have to to adjust that for sure. Um, so you know, some some interesting things. I, yeah, what will the run game look like? And uh, yeah, if if we get Javante Melvin uh, season three, but it's just different players yeah, like that would stay. Hopefully, he's yeah. the he's the guy that gets a thousand yards rushing, but they mix in. You know, a guy that can win from the slot like Chase Edmonds. Mm-hmm. I think Latavius Murray at this stage is probably okay getting 300 to 400 yards, right? Like, yeah, some tough runs when you need to. And if anyone gets hurt, because you have to be able to have that, they've always had depth at that position there. Um, yeah, but yeah, I agree. Hey, what is it going to look for Javante? And, uh, and hopefully they get some. They This team is able to, to maximize some of uh, what he could have provided before his contract runs out. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it reminds me of like when we first drafted Javante, we had uh JR on here, JR drafts on, on Twitter. Uh, and he was, he wasn't real happy because when, when they had brought Melvin Gordon back, he's like the, the value you get in the second round uh, drafting a guy in the second round, you want to be able to use him before his contracts up, which at the time I was like, yeah, but like we want, we don't want him to have to be the, the every down back like if we can get a good split and they can both be productive then that's good but i think when you're on your third year assuming he's healthy like that's that's a real con- concern you know i i don't know that it's like a big a big c concern but it's like something that you have in the, the back of your mind like hey this is a second round asset um that's a lot to give up for a running back you know and you want to be able to to maximize that i agree that part is hard. I think he's yeah. definitely the loser in the, you know, in the whole group of it, right? Like, that just stinks. The career that could have been, you know, drafting a guy, in my opinion, in the second round, if he is your running back for four years or even three and a half of those at a really cheap rate, is smart. You get an elite talent on a really reasonable deal. Uh, they're just not going to get usage out of him, which is that part. Uh, yeah, I think we can all look back and say, Melvin was a good player, probably should have not came back. Yeah. And uh, and that really ruined probably what could have been for sure. Yeah, Jr. You were right. I mean, I still would have picked him, but you're right about <laughs> when you don't get usage. But I think that would be out of any high draft pick, right? Draft someone in the first round, they get hurt. It stinks. It stinks. Yeah. No, it always hurts when you put a lot of investment into these guys. Obviously, they put a lot of hours watching his, you know, Javante Williams game tape and and going through the process of selecting him, traded up to get him even. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I I kind of agree that you know it's it's year three. I, I kind of want him out there and and to see what he can do at this point because you only you only get two one more year after that. So yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, might as well. I always feel like when you have a running back, just run up the miles as as much as you can, and then once they're done, you you part ways, and you you hope that they have a good career somewhere else. But more than likely, you know, backs run out quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard. It's it's a hard balance to maintain. You know, obviously, you want you want the guys to be successful. You want them to have long careers, but just the the track record of 
of lengthy careers for running backs is just not there. And so uh, it's kind of does, it feels hard to say like run up that mileage and get what you can out of them. Cause there's a human element, obviously that we all acknowledge. Um, but yeah, I, but it's true. I mean, there's some truth to it, right? Like you've got to be able to capitalize on, on those positions, especially those, those positions that aren't long lasting uh, career positions in the NFL. Um, I think we've come to the end boys. Thank you for your time. I, I know uh, y'all been dealing with your own stuff. We've all been kind of dealing with our own stuff, but I think we're back on a good rotation. Hopefully uh, we'll all be able to join for a long time. Enjoy that IPA doc. I'm, I'm jealous that you still have that. Yeah, rock it's, good. it's good. It's good. Uh, but everyone out there, enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday. It'll be far more enjoyable if Kansas City The game will be lost. good. The game will be good. I think we're I think it will be good. Yeah, I think it'll uh, it'll be an entertaining contest, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, but thanks, guys. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Um, make sure you check us out at orange underscore and underscore brew on Twitter primarily. Uh, we also have an Instagram with the same name. Um, but uh, be kind to one another. Be safe out there. And go Broncos. Hey, go Broncos. Go Broncos. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network, with gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Diamond for diamond, no one compares with Mervis. At Mervis Diamond Importers, our natural diamonds come straight from the mines in Africa, and our mermaid lab-grown diamonds beat all others for quality and value. Come view our brilliant diamonds, both natural and lab-grown. Mervis diamonds are so bright and full of fire, they will blow you away. So will the affordable prices. Our diamonds may steal your heart, but not your wallet. See our mermaid lab-grown diamonds and learn how to get a larger diamond for less. You can get a bigger Mermaid lab-grown diamonds than you ever thought possible. And with Mervis Financing, you can enjoy up to five years to pay with zero interest. Our generous full-value trader policy and our lifetime warranty program easily make Mervis your first choice. When you mount a world-class Mervis diamond into a designer ring from our huge collection, there is no equal. Mervis Diamond Importers. For an appointment, call 800-HER-LOVE or go to mervisdiamond.com. Again, that's 800 her love or go to MervisDiamond.com.